Well, uh, hello again, Hope Church. Great to see you. I hope you are all keeping well through this very strange time that we're all going through. Look, today we're going to carry on with our look at the subject of prayer as part of our study of Luke chapter 11. And very specifically today, we're going to be taking a look at the Lord's Prayer, <clears throat> something that I'm sure many of us know very well. But as I've been studying it again this week, I realised just how incredibly apt it is, how powerful actually uh, and uh, it is, and how well it speaks into our current situation. It absolutely addresses some of the fears that some of us might be feeling, some of the tensions that we might be experiencing, and even actually helping us with some of the temptations that might be raising their ugly heads uh, at this particular time. It also sets out a way of praying for us. I think most of us have a sense that now is the time to be praying, and I completely uh, agree with that. But I think people are also saying, well, how do I pray at the moment? Well, I just want to say, I think the Lord's Prayer is spot on for us. Such a, a fantastic thing. Every single line as you go through it is super relevant and super helpful right now. It's almost like it was designed for this time. Of course, it, it wasn't, but it's so helpful for this time. So why don't we pick up our Bibles and we're going to read uh, Luke 11 uh, verses 1 to 4. And I'm reading from the ESV version. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples and he said to them when you pray say Father hallowed be your name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, just to see how incredibly relevant and helpful this prayer is, we need just to take a look at the situation that we find ourselves in, first of all. Let's try and identify some of the pressures that uh, we are facing. Most of us find ourselves in a, a situation that's very unique. I very much doubt whether any of us have been through a situa situation like this before. We've got no sort of reference point for it. And I guess the first thing that we notice is this, is that we are all obviously very restricted. We can't just suddenly pop out to visit someone. Um, the, uh, we've been urged to stay indoors and uh, we've been told you can't just pop out to the shops whenever you like. You've got to do that as sparingly uh, as you can. So we've all been cooped up. We're all uh, uh, put uh, in our homes. So what happens in this sort of restricted environment? Well, simple truth is this, tensions can rise. Uh, in the best of homes, irritations can happen. Uh, relationships can get frayed and get stretched. We, you know, we're kind of on top of each other now uh, for longer than usual. Suddenly, husbands, wives, families, things get said, often small things, but they can suddenly become large things. Other people's annoying habits suddenly become even more annoying. Unresolved issues suddenly, under a bit more pressure, suddenly come to the surface. 
It's really easy for us to fall out, actually, in this kind of environment. What else do we see? Well, you know, in pressure situations, people look uh, and seek to find ways of coping. They try and cope with themselves and they try and cope with others. And to be honest, not all of those ways are helpful or healthy, but it is unfortunately what can happen. I think particularly now, as we're entering the second week of this lockdown, with the prospect of a third week ahead. On top of that, we also see a number of people throughout our nation growing concerned about their livelihoods. People are wondering whether they're gonna have a job or a business when all this is over. And they're also, even some people right now are wondering how are they gonna make ends meet uh, if this carries on. There are real concerns about finance and livelihood. And on top of that, there is also great fear. A number of people, as we know, are tragically dying because of this virus. And people are, all across our nation, are anxious. They're wondering whether they are going to be affected and whether it's going to perhaps affect their loved ones as well. So we're facing a pretty unique set of factors here that is putting pressure on us. The world, as we know it, is being shaken. Yet, while there is absolutely pressure on at the moment, many of us who are Christians also have another sense, I think, in this. We have a sense that somehow God is going to use this unique time. The shaking of our nice, steady, stable Western world is, is leading already to people saying, uh, uh, it's leading to people asking bigger questions about life. And many people are beginning to cry out to God and they're trying to connect with him in a way that I don't think has happened in recent decades. Many churches across this nation have already seen uh, large numbers of people trying to connect with them online, which is fantastic. And I guess as Christians, we're asking this question, is God going to use this to provoke a revival in our nation? But I think we want to know how do we pray into that? Is there a kind of way of praying about what uh, God is potentially going to do? Well, I just want to say the Lord's Prayer speaks into every single one of those points that I've just made about the environment that we find ourselves in. It speaks into growing relational tension. It speaks into unhealthy coping mechanisms. It speaks into financial concern. It speaks into the fear of death and it speaks into how to pray for revival. You know, the truth is, God is way ahead of us. He's already given us this magnificent tool that shows us how to face up to the situation we're in and also how to pray through these issues. Okay, so why is the Lord's Prayer so helpful right now? Well, we've actually started to look at this already, of course, last week, when we looked at the first word, the word, how the Lord's Prayer begins, this word, Father. That's how Jesus instructs his disciples to speak to God. And we looked at what it meant, didn't we, last week, to have a heavenly Father. And I really hope that the fresh revelation, as I hope you've been thinking about that, 
but the fresh kind of understanding of what it means as Christians to have this amazing heavenly father. I hope that that's helped to bring some peace to you. We are not alone. He is a father who leads and protects us. He's a good father who provides security to you, who wants to put his arms around you at this time. And I hope that as you've thought about that, the, any fear that you had, the levels of fear have come down as we are confident in who he is. Okay, so how do we pray at the moment? I think that's a big question for many of us. How do we pray about this situation? at the moment, into, particularly into this sense that God is about to do something perhaps a bit bigger into the nation and uh, perhaps bring it back to him. Well, I would suggest we focus on this line that Luke gives us, hallowed be your name, hallowed be your name. We are told to pray that God's name would be honored as holy. That's what hallowed means, holy. Right, so how do we do that? and? And how does that happen? Well, I've been reading some uh, accounts of the revival that happened, the Christian revival that happened in the Hebrides in 1949. And uh, it lasted two or three years. It, it kind of went on till about um, 1952, 53, that sort of time. And it happened on the back of a small group of really godly people who took God at his word and they prayed. And they saw some extraordinary things happen in that time. It's thought that hundreds, if not thousands of people came to Christ in this remote part of Western Scotland. And um, it, it's just extraordinary. And uh, in some instances, apparently, people would be walking down the road, not Christian people, just normal, uh, non-religious people. They would be walking down the road and suddenly the Holy Spirit would fall on them and uh, it says they would cry out in anguish because of the realization of their sinfulness they were just having a normal conversation the holy spirit comes suddenly they realize they're sinful and they're in this anguish of soul is the way it's sort of described and sometimes they would be in that condition it says for hours until they had repented of their sin and they realized that they had been forgiven by god one instance uh, is recorded saying that there was uh, a number of people who were in this condition and they didn't know what to do. So they went along to the local police station and the local policeman didn't know what to do either with all these people who were crying out because of their sinfulness. So he got hold of the local mission that was run by a guy called Duncan Campbell. And he said, look, I haven't got a clue what to do. Can you help? So Duncan Campbell came to the police station and he preached the gospel into uh, the police station and I trust they all uh, receive some relief and freedom now the Bible tells us this that one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin and unrighteousness so that they can be saved that's the point of it so that they can be saved and you know that happens when people come into the presence of a holy God when they come into the presence of a holy God, they don't have to be convinced that they are sinful. You don't have to have that conversation with them. They know. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, what we're doing is we are praying that God's presence will come 
and that he will reveal his true holy nature to people. In the presence of a holy God, people will repent. So can I encourage you, if you're wondering, how do I pray at the moment? Pray into this line, hallowed be your name. Let's pray it for our town, for our district and our nation. Let's pray, Father, let your holy presence fall on us. I believe that's how we pray at the moment, particularly uh, into all that God is doing for us and how we pray into revival. Okay, let's have a look at the next line of the Lord's Prayer. And the next line is this, your kingdom come. You know, some of the fears that people have at the moment uh, revolve really around the fact that they're not sure whether the systems that have been set up by the world will be able to cope with what's happening. Uh, that's true about jobs and finance. They're looking shaky. People are wondering, can the NHS cope with what's going on? Although we're so grateful for all our NHS workers, they're doing a fantastic job and I'm so delighted that we are applauding them and rightly so. But people are still asking the question, is it enough? And uh, uh, people are saying, look, there isn't a vaccine at the moment for this coronavirus. And people are saying, can the government cope with this massive challenge uh, that's uh, before them? I want to say this, God's kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. He is a king that Romans 4 tells us is able to bring into existence things that do not exist. He is able to bring something out of nothing. That's the kind of God that we have. That is not what the world can do, but it is what our God is able to do. And it's what we see in the life of Jesus all the time. We see the kingdom of God breaking through the ministry of Jesus in miracles, in healing, in provision. You know, when the world's solutions aren't enough, the truth is that we as Christians know one who is able to do the impossible. He is able to do what is impossible. So I want to encourage you, as you look at the Lord's Prayer, to believe in God. <laughs> believe and have faith uh, for who in who he is and what he's able to do. You see, he is able to bring finance and jobs into existence where there might not be any. He is able to heal people where there is no vaccine. He is able to bring peace into relationships that are troubled. He is able because he is a supernatural God. Now, the thing is also about the Lord's Prayer, it makes it very clear, is that we can't take that for granted. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, we're very clearly too instructed to, we're instructed rather, to pray into these situations. It is something we have to fight for. It doesn't come easily. And we can't be passive or half-hearted about it. We can't be limp about it. Reminds me of a, a silly story I once heard about uh, Jeffrey Boycott. Uh, if you don't know who Jeffrey Boycott is, he's a, a, quite a well-known cricket commentator. And he's known for being quite direct, quite blunt. He's a very Yorkshire Yorkshireman. 
and uh, he also has very funny little phrases that he uses to describe things. He's also a, a you know, well-respected um, commentator. <clears throat> and I can remember once there was a time, I think it was an England game and a new batsman had just uh, come into the England squad and he came out to bat. And to be honest, he wasn't very good. He was a bit uh, half-hearted, a bit fearful, a bit, a bit, to be honest, a bit limp. And he was poking the bat at the ball when it would come by. And Jeffrey clearly wasn't very happy at all with this. And then eventually he got out and Jeffrey just couldn't stand it anymore. And he just said, no, 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 no. Terrible, 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 terrible batsman that. He said, my mother could have done better than that with a stick of rhubarb. And in a way, and in a way, we can be like that as Christians when we pray. We can be limp. We can be half-hearted. This is not a time to be limp and half-hearted. This is a time to be praying for the kingdom of God to come. What's the next line? The next line, look at how relevant and how powerful this is. The next line is this, give us each day our daily bread. That's asking that God would supply your needs every day. I want to say if you are in any way fearful about your income right now, look at the Lord's Prayer. It, this is the prayer for you to be praying. If you're asking the question, how are we going to make ends meet? This is a key prayer for you to be praying consistently at the moment. You know, uh, I have been in that situation. I remember many years ago when uh, Rachel and I were quite newly married and we had bought our house, we'd taken on a mortgage and um, uh, Rachel was pregnant with our first son uh, and we were both earning at that time and then suddenly uh, she stopped working. And I thought, how on earth are we gonna make this work? How? Because, because the money wasn't there. But we prayed and God has a way of just making a way. He makes a way when it, the way doesn't seem to be there. And we prayed and all of a sudden I was promoted at my work and my salary increased and it covered everything we needed. I want to encourage you at the moment to be praying. Lord, provide our daily needs. You know, we looked at finance a little bit earlier this year and we saw that as Christians, money is not our master. God is our master. And actually we see from this prayer, the fact that it's even in there, that God is saying, look, I care about you and I'm aware that you need these things to live. You need money. You need to be able to pay the mortgage. Ask him regularly for your daily needs. He has an amazing way of supplying. What's the next line again? So helpful, so helpful for the current environment. The next line is, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Such an essential area uh, to be praying about. As we mentioned earlier, living in close restricted pro proximity to each other for long periods of time can often produce tension, uh, arguments and issues. Things you can, you, you can say that you wish you hadn't said and you, we can become a bit snappy and a bit irritable as uh, time goes on. <clears throat> Maybe even some of you have been uh, saying some things about God 
in this time. And you've been saying, well, wait a minute, you've turned on him a bit and you've accused him of not being caring or, or being vindictive or even evil. Sometimes we say these things. You need to know that God is a forgiving God. <clears throat> now we need to be praying about this as well because sometimes asking uh, for forgiveness and forgiving other people can be hard. That's not always easy. And we need God's help, particularly at this time, uh, to make sure that we are doing that. That's why we've got to pray about it. Let's be quick to forgive each other for those niggles, particularly it's those little things that can grow. Let's forgive each other for those niggles that can happen. The last line then that Luke references uh, in the Lord's Prayer is this, and lead us not into temptation. I wanna say I think this is another very, very important thing for us to be praying about at the moment. See, the question I guess in this is, how are you coping with the current environment? How are you doing? You see, when life is pressured enough, but when additional pressure like this is put on to people, particularly for this extended period of time, people will turn to something or someone to help them get through. Inevitably, that's part of the human condition. We look for reassurance or we look for comfort. Question, of course, is where are we going to get that, those needs met? Perhaps we could phrase it like this. What are you being tempted with at the moment? See, personally, as you know, I am tempted to eat too much. That's my go-to temptation. That's the thing that says to me, come over here and I will help you. But for others, others of you, it's going to be different things. Some of you will be tempted in this time to drink too much. Or, I suspect, some of you will be tempted to watch the wrong thing. Where are you going on the internet right now? We're all plugged into the internet more than ever before. Where are you going? Are you watching things that you know are unhelpful, are wrong? Others of you will be tempted to worry about the situation. Some people believe that if they worry, it's going to help. Well, very clearly it won't. The Bible tells us worry is not going to help at all. Are you tempted to worry more? How about, how about this one? For some people, when they feel out of control, they want to exert control on their families and on their businesses and their environment. Are you tempted right now to exert excessive amounts of control, oppressive control on others? Or maybe some of you are escaping into inappropriate fantasy. What's tempting you right now? You know, if we give in to this stuff, it just makes us feel rubbish about ourselves. That's the truth, it does. And maybe you've already given in. Um, well, I just wanna say this, if you have, repent. There's a fantastic scripture that will help you. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sin, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's been such a friend to me, that verse, over the years. I just recommend that if you're falling into temptation and sin at the moment, that's the one uh, to go to. But also, you know, we've got to be wise about our own weaknesses in this time. 
And that's why we need to pray, oh God, deliver me from temptation at the moment. Now the Bible says you will not endure uh, pressure and temptation that is beyond your ability to endure. Come to him and he will help you. Okay, well, I hope you can see then from my quick scoop there through the Lord's Prayer, why this is so helpful for us right now. And I just so urge you to be praying this prayer over the next uh, week or two. Okay, so looking at our, our passage in Luke, after Jesus tells the disciples the Lord's Prayer, he then gives us some other really important areas of focus for prayer. And I'd like to read uh, from uh, Luke 11 again, and I'm gonna read verses six to 13. Sorry, five to 13. And then he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, or persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead, instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, or in other versions it says, good things to those who ask him? Now, Jesus is highlighting some things here in these stories, because the truth is, answers to prayer don't always come immediately. If you think that answers to prayer uh, come, you know, it's easy and it's instant, then you're always going to be disappointed uh, with prayer. <clears throat> no, Jesus is teaching us something here. He's saying one of the key attributes we need when we pray is persistence. We need to be determined and persistent. We need to be people that just don't take no for an answer. So that's why Jesus tells this story of uh, this guy uh, who goes to his friend he has this late night visitor, goes to his friend and he asks for three loaves of bread. <clears throat> the, the friend doesn't want to get up because he's in bed and he's quite determined about it. But this person just keeps asking and asking. And eventually this guy who's in bed just says, oh, I'm so fed up with your asking. I'm going to get up. I'm going to give you what, what you want because I'm just I want you to go away. <clears throat> now, that story doesn't tell us something about the character of God. God is not reluctant but it does tell us something about the need to persist in prayer. So don't give up when you pray. Keep going, keep asking, and keep going. Now, one of the other things we need to realize that Jesus teaches us here is that in the context of the need for persistence, we need to know this, that God will answer us. See, God is a God who answers prayer. That's the kind of God that he is. And if you look at verses 9 and 10, 
I think we're given some of the most remarkable promises in Scripture. Let me just read it to you again. Jesus said this. Jesus, the Son of God, says this. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone, everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds it will be opened. I was listening to Terry Virgo preach the other day on this subject of prayer. And he quoted a guy called D.A. Carson. And D.A. Carson t tells this little story. And he said, Christians, he said, are a little bit like naughty schoolboys. They come up to God's door and they ring the doorbell. And then before he answers, they run away. He said, no, instead, we need to be people that come up to God's door. And we need to hammer on his door. And we need to hammer on his door again until God comes and opens that door. <clears throat> I was talking a little bit earlier about the um, Hebrides revival. And uh, the guys in that time had this little saying. It seemed to be a saying that seemed to fuel them in their prayer. And it was this, God is a covenant keeping God. When he says something, he cannot break his promise. He is unable to break his promise. So we need to take him at his word. When he says he will answer, he means it. We need to persist knowing that the end answer is a yes and amen. Why else would you persist? I have to say my experience of persisting in prayer is that Sometimes when it's a long period of time, uh, he has some things that he wants to do or say to me. I can remember in 2005, I was praying particularly for breakthrough in being able to pray for the sick. Uh, I just wasn't seeing that happen at that time and I was very exercised about it. And so, uh, as it turned out, for about two years, most lunchtimes when I was working up in Croydon, there was a park in Beddington, not very far away, big park, I could be alone. And I would walk around the park and I would cry out to God uh, for this. One of the things, though, that God said to me in that time, I can remember vividly one morning when I was praying again about this. I felt God say, you know, you really should be after me more than the, the things that I do. I want you to be after me, not just, just the, 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 the miracles and the healing. And it brought such correction to my heart. I thought, yeah, of course. I was after his stuff more than, more than him. And so it was a very helpful correction. And then in 2007, I saw some breakthrough. And uh, I love now to pray for the sick. And on a reasonably regular basis, see um, people affected as I pray. The other thing I just want to throw in here as well, which I think this passage teaches us, is when you pray... Let's learn to pray specifically. Let's be specific. One of the books that encouraged so many of us probably 20 years ago, could even be longer than that now, uh, is a book called Prayer Key to Revival by uh, Yongi Cho. And uh, Yongi Cho uh, it, it still actually is based in uh, Korea. And uh, his church became the largest church in the world with a huge prayer culture. And uh, early on in his ministry, God challenged Yongi Cho 
when he was praying. And he said to him, I want you to be specific when you pray. And so Yong Cho said, OK, well, um, Lord, can I have a bicycle? I really need a bicycle. My congregation's growing and I want to go visit them when they're sick and pray for them. Give me a bicycle. And he also said, can I, I need a desk. Can you give me a desk? And he said, can I have a mahogany desk? And he, then he said, can I also have a chair with wheels on? I need a chair. And can I have wheels on? And he started to pray specifically about these three things. And within weeks, all three of these things had been given to him. A missionary family was on furlough and they said, would you like some of these things? And he was given them. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, that in the passage we've just read, Jesus says that the story is this man goes and he says, give me three loaves of bread. Very specific requests. Give me three loaves of bread. It's a real lesson. I think so if you have a need right now maybe you're facing a car bill or something and the bill is 321 pounds and 95p can I encourage you to pray for 321 pounds and 95p let's learn to be specific as well as persistent so how does this passage then end well Jesus wonderfully brings us right back to kind of where we started, which is about the goodness of our heavenly father. And uh, he says, look, uh, we have a heavenly father who knows how to give very good things to his children. Now, one of the things I haven't touched on at all is that some of the reasons why we don't get answers to prayer. Uh, I haven't touched on that really because that's not the heart of this particular passage of scripture you might want to look in the book of James uh, for some of those uh, things but I, I think generally we can say God wants you to pray in accordance with his will and when you do that and you persist he will answer you the Bible says this seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you so I should just draw things to a close there Let's be praying the Lord's Prayer this week. Let's pray through some of the difficulties we may be facing. Let's have faith that God is a prayer answering God. And let's persist until we see those answers that we're after. Now, just to say as well, at the end here, maybe you're watching this video and you didn't know that there was a God out there and certainly didn't know there was a God out there who wanted to answer prayer. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not sure about this. Well, I'd like to leave you this week with a challenge, if that's OK. I'd like you to pray your own prayer. And you do that just by speaking out loud when you're on your own. And just ask God to show himself to you. Pray something like this. OK, God, if you're real, please will you show yourself to me in a way that I can understand? You know, I've met people who've prayed that prayer and they have been amazed at how God has spoken to them, how he's answered it. OK, well, look, if you'd like to know any more about uh, what I've said, please do feel free to email me at adam at hopechurch, the number seven oaks dot org. And uh, also, please do remember to connect with us uh, online throughout the week. Remember, connect groups. Um, there's the Wednesday morning prayer meeting. Parents, please remember to go through the 
kids work material that Angie is so helpfully sending out each week. It's really important again for your children to uh, be fed spiritually uh, with some good material. And also if you aren't receiving church emails at the moment, please again email me, let me know and I'll ask Jasmine to make sure that you're on the list and you receive the emails. Okay, well that brings us to the end of the talk. God bless you. Hope you have a great week and let's be praying.